right, all right. Thursday, November 19th. The Wrap with Maz and Friends. It's just the friend today again. Uh, so we're going to have a, a special guest, guy that, that helps me out all the time lately, it seems like, when I'm hosting. Uh, but it's good to have you here. As usual, we are brought to you by the Warren RV Storage Facility in Warren, 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren. They have 24-hour security camera surveillance, LED-lighted parking area, fenced and gated, property with a signed keypad gate code. The gates are operational 24 hours, and they have dozens and dozens of amenities for your RV, trailer, or what have you. Uh, as for our guy, Roger Z, over at Warren RV Storage in Warren. Uh, without further ado, obviously, the, the big news in the world of sports, uh, the NBA draft was last night. And the Detroit Pistons, by, by most experts, and I am so far from an expert, but we have one about to join us, uh, pretty much hit a home run last night in the NBA draft. So uh, here he is again to join us. Uh, he's the man, quite frankly, uh, from the Detroit News, Rod Beard. Mr. Beard, long time, no holler. How you been? Uh, it's been a week or so, but doing doing pretty well. Got some sleep after a bit and got some coffee, so I'm recharged and ready to go again. There you go. You're, and you're on the couch today, which I, I respect that. You're, you're not going to rub it in and, and head out on the patio like <laughs> you did last time because your furniture's still out. No. You're still that guy? No. No. I, I, it's still out there, but it's covered up. It's probably done for the season now. Fair enough. I respect that. You know, but, you know, how, how, how scale of 1 to 10, how, what's your leave coverage looking like these days? Ooh, uh, that's like a 9. Yeah, pretty bad we, out it, there. Huh? It, it's we're, I'm backed up to a, a wooded area, so it's just nothing but trees and nothing but leaves. Yeah, no doubt. I, I pretty much have the hundred acre woods. I think uh, Piglet and Pooh live in my yard. So um, I, we we bought this this crazy blower off uh, an infomercial, and it just came. So I've just started, and I, I we put about one tenth of a dent in it. My wife did. I I should say I, I did not partake. But anyways, <laughs> um, thanks for joining me. Uh, so again, the draft was last night. Um. First, first GM, first draft for for uh, for GM Troy Weaver and uh, Dwayne Casey woke up a happy man today because it seems like everyone thinks the Pistons hit this thing out of the park. So uh, the floor is yours. Uh, let's break it down with uh, with what the Pistons did and your thoughts as a whole. Yeah, I think they hit a home run too, and it, 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 whether it's a two run, a three run, a grand slam doesn't really matter. But just in terms of figuring out what this roster is, which players they wanted, which ones they didn't. They did an excellent job of that, and they got value for the ones that they didn't want. And even more, they used their cap space as an asset to take on Trevor Ariza, to take on players that other teams didn't want, and to get some additional draft picks. To come into this with one pick, to come out with two additional first-round picks, and some players that may or may not be able to help you this year, but it gives you some bodies, some veteran bodies to kind of work with. Or if you just want to cut them, they're on smaller contracts. Um, I, I think they did a masterful job of navigating through things. Yeah, that seems to be the consensus. So let, let's start with uh, with Killian Hayes from France, the the six five point guard. Uh, they took him seventh overall. Kind of tell us what you know about him. He's a, a pick and roll specialist, and what they liked was the size that you can have a 6'2", 6'3 point guard. When you have a 6'5 point guard with a 6'8 wingspan, it changes the game a little bit. And uh, LaMelo Ball was at the top of this draft as as the top point guard. He's 6'7". Those don't grow on trees, but 6'5", you can really start to work with. You can switch some things uh, defensively if you want to. 
with a six five guy. And so it just changes everything that he's able to play the pick and roll as effectively as he is. He can get in the paint and cause some some havoc for you. Defensively, he's a little bit better than some of the other options out there too. So I think they like that mix and, and what that could bring. And he's only 19 years old, so there's plenty more development for him to do. And Dwayne Casey's kind of the perfect coach to help with that development, right? Oh, they'll be in the gym. As soon as he, he gets wheels down in Detroit, they'll take him straight to the gym and start to work on the things that they don't uh, they don't think he's up to par with right now. But uh, the coaching and development that the Casey coaching staff can do is going to get to work really, really quickly and start to smooth out some of those rough edges. Okay, and then with the uh, the 16th pick, they took Isaiah Stewart, 6'9", center out of Washington. Uh, what's the uh, synopsis on him? Just a high-motor guy, and you're getting to these small ball centers. You don't have to have a 7-footer or, or, or 6'11 to call him a center anymore. You can do it with a 6'9 guy with long arms, and that's Isaiah Stewart, that he was highly regarded coming out of Washington as a, a guy that could help a team immediately, just built – muscular, very strong in the post, has a nice post-up game. And you won't see a lot of that. But again, you're not bringing him in to be the centerpiece of anything. You just want him defensively to be solid and to be able to contribute when he's on the floor. Excellent. And then, you know, some Piston fans were a little caught off guard. They they traded Luke Kennard for that 19th pick, uh, and they took Sadiq Bey out of Nova, uh, another 6'8 guy. Uh, what do you know about him? Uh, excellent three-point shooter in the the 42 43 percent range same as luke canart was but he wasn't he's not a knockdown shooter probably the same way but again you're looking at that size at six eight uh and a, a, a lanky long defender they want to be able to switch all those things defensively and we saw in the playoffs and certainly in the nba finals with miami that you just have when you have six eight guys across the the, the board in in you can switch and you don't have to worry about, well, he can't guard this guy or this is a mismatch or something else, then it makes you feel a lot more comfortable defensively. And if you want to play zone, you can play zone the same way. So I I think they did well in living up to Troy Weaver's type of player that he likes, a long, lanky, um, 6'8 type of guy. And even earlier in the week with the Bruce Brown trade, they got Zanon Musa from uh, the Brooklyn Nets, another 6'9 guy who's kind of a shooting guard, small forward. 6'9 at that position, is excellent. You can you can do some things with that. So they certainly got taller. They certainly got better. They got younger, and they did some things in the salary cap that make this this roster a little bit more palatable. The, the, I don't think the record is going to matter, and the games are going to matter next year. But just where they are from from a salary cap perspective and a development perspective, they feel a lot better about where they are. So the goal really is to be t- 2022 to start being a, a a contender. Is that kind of the the game plan here? Ish. Something like that, or sooner, or, or sooner, and, and they may not be done. They could still be looking at trading Blake Griffin or Derrick Rose or some other things when free agency opens tomorrow to create some some other space. So, if they're incredibly bad this year, guess what? They get they might get the number one pick, and next year is supposed to be a stocked and loaded draft, and they could be in a position to have some cap room. So you you might get a top four, top five pick, and have the ability to bring in a, a top free agent next year. That's the best of both worlds. Solid. And then finally, they with the 38th pick, uh, they took uh, Sabin Lee out of Vanderbilt. Uh, what do you know about him? Well, he may end up being a two-way guy, but I think he's 6'2 or 6'3 with a 6'8 wingspan. And so he's not necessarily tall, but a point guard who had, who's rangy and who defensively can cause some havoc in the passing lanes because his arms are so long. Those sorts of things are small things, but athletically, 
uh, he could be something that, but again, he may just be a two-way player that they look to develop over the next couple of years. And he could be one of those guys on the Motor City Cruise when they start. Nice. And then Anthony Edwards goes number one overall to the T-Wolves uh, out of Georgia. Uh, LaMelo Ball fell to three. Uh, so he's going to be playing uh, underneath Michael Jordan there in, in Charlotte. Uh, any surprises from this draft overall? Well, that Tyrese Halliburton fell all the way to 12 and that uh, Denny Evdia fell uh, as far as he did. Some of those players, the first three, the order didn't matter. I mean, you knew those were going to be the first three guys taken. That next three with Obi Toppin falling as well, you you felt like, well, hey, something's really wrong here. And the Pistons had choices, but they stuck to their draft board. I, I liked Tyrese Halliburton. I thought he was a guy that, that maybe was a little bit better than Killian Hayes. But, I mean, for, for what the Pistons wanted, they stuck to their wish list, and they got the guy they wanted at seven. Nice. Um, what teams do you think stood out, and what teams do you think overall NBA kind of you're scratching your head at now saying, what the hell were they doing? Well, Boston couldn't do a lot of stuff. They had three draft picks and couldn't package them and, and, and get move up in the draft the way that they wanted to. I think Minnesota did a good job. They, they, they took a little bit of the guesswork out and just said, we're going Anthony Edwards, and we'll deal with the rest later. And even Golden State to say, James Wiseman is the guy, and, and we're trying to figure out this Clay Thompson situation, and it turns out he's done for the year. Just uh, going to say didn't that. Waver. Yep. They didn't waver in what they were doing. If Wiseman's your guy, and, and that's what they say about the good teams and their draft boards, if you identify guys and, and you figure out a plan over a couple of months, and, and certainly a couple more months in this case, then don't deviate from it in the last minute, even if you get a trade that really tantalizes you. Uh, unless it just blows you off your feet, then you, you stay with what your draft board is and you trust your scouts and you trust your player personnel people and, and you build through the draft that way. So then you mentioned free agency starts tomorrow. Um, what what type of zaniness do you expect? I know uh, the, the the Gordon Hayward situation has kind of been talked uh, globally with the Celtics. Um you know the the Chris Paul trade already happened. There's always there's noise with uh, Russell Westbrook and and James Harden. W- what do you think is going to go on? What what kind of what kind of craziness is going to ensue here? I think it's going to be more of the same. I think you're just going to see a lot of big names start to um, jump around from some from the west to the east. Uh, if, if that Harden thing happens and he ends up in Brooklyn, then I mean just watch out. We, we've talked so much about what Boston and Philadelphia and Toronto and Milwaukee are. Uh, but if they, they end up with that three-headed monster there, they're just going to be by far the favorite in the East. And it's going to be fun to watch and, and see that Brooklyn team that really has struggled to be relevant uh, to now be able to to put that type of roster out there. But I think the big names are going to move around in the league. You're going to see a lot of transactions, much like you saw last night in, in just the draft itself. But now when you start talking contracts, there aren't a lot of teams that have space available to just outright sign some of these free agents. So they're going to have to do trades to move them. What do you think the Lakers are going to do? Anything interesting coming off that title? Uh, no, I think they're just going to sit and watch everybody else just kind of flap in the wind and see what they can try to do to knock them off. I mean, you, we, we made so much about what the Clippers did last year, and uh, everybody else was trying to take shots and to get there. They made their, their couple of moves, and now they're there. You're in a position where you don't necessarily have to make a lot of big moves. Um, but the West looks a little bit different than it was. If, if Houston's not going to be there, uh, in the same position, some of that is going to shift over to the east. I think the Lakers are fine where they are. They can make some sort of fringe moves, but they don't have to do anything blockbuster-wise. Now, do you think that the Suns are a contender now with CP3? 
I, absolutely. I think they're right there. We, we saw at the end of the bubble uh, that they're a team with some talent, but if you just get a veteran that can help to kind of consolidate all that and, and manage it and lead them in the times that they need to be led, then you can stabilize some of those things. And I think they're just going to get better and better. This is going to be another breakout year for, for Devin Booker. But with Chris Paul at his side, they're going to be a, a fun team to watch, too. Nice. Now, you mentioned um, kind of the potential three-headed monster in Brooklyn. I mean, are those guys going to be able to share the ball and coexist? That's always my question when you get in those situations. I mean, we all know Kyrie Irving's completely insane. Um, you know, and then Durant's coming off those injuries, and then you add Harden into that mix. I mean, are they are they going to be able to coexist? I didn't think that Russ and Harden were going to be able to, to coexist, and they figured out a way. Durant is just a walking bucket. If, if For Kyrie, you can't get much easier than that. you got two guys on each wing that you can throw the ball to, and they can create their own shot. You can just sit back there at around half court and just, just watch those guys and, and not have too much yourself. I think that's going to be – it depends on what the, the trade market is for that and how much they have to give up of their roster. Certainly you would think Karis LeVert is going to be in any deal – um, so maybe it's those three guys and just a, a, a bunch of stiffs that are walking around, but it's still going to be fun to watch no matter what. We, we thought the same thing with the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron was going to be uh, a, a tough roster to cobble together, and they figured out a way to do that too. Now, speaking of Anthony Davis, is his, I know there's a situation with his contract, right? Is he up? Is he a free agent, or does he, uh, does he have an opt-out, or is he next year? Yeah, I think he opted out already, but it's he, he's going back to the Lakers. There's no reason not to that there's so much uh, goodwill that was in, that was felt there and, and created there. And you're the champions. Where, where else are you going to go to do better than to play alongside LeBron James? And you're in L.A. I mean, what, what, are you, what are you complaining about? There's there's nowhere else that's, that you're going to go. You leave New Orleans and you go to L.A. and you, you win the championship in L.A., I, I don't see where else you go after that. He's winning at life right now. We should all be so lucky. Winning right? at life. Winning yeah, it was funny. I don't know if you heard. With a Mex country. No doubt, no doubt. I don't know if you heard one of the shows uh, last week, uh, the one the, one of the opposite ones that you were on. We had uh, Larry Lee, former Lion and NFLer, and and he was telling us about uh, his days growing up when, when he went to UCLA. And I didn't know this, but, you know, uh, Kenny Easley was his buddy, NFL Hall of Famer, okay. and he knew Magic. So when Magic got drafted out of MSU, Larry used to kick it with those guys in the late 70s, early 80s. So, um he was living good out in out in LA as a as a as a bachelor at UCLA, hanging with uh with Magic and Kenny Easley. I can you can you even imagine? No, it, the the funny thing is that when the Pistons played in Los Angeles last year, they had uh, one of their off day practices was at UCLA, and so you just walk on that campus. It recruits itself. You don't need to do anything. You just show them pictures of the campus, or you bring a kid and you drop them there and say, "Hey, just walk around campus for fifteen minutes and." The sun, the, the 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 scenery, the every the facilities, the students, everything else. You don't need to do any kind of recruiting pitch. It's it does it by itself. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. I mean, Southern California. He's a young athlete. I I, I can't even imagine being out there. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit. Um, we always gotta gotta weigh in on those lovable losers. The uh, the Honolulu Blue and Silver, uh, four and five. They go to Carolina this week, three and seven. Uh, Matthew Stafford banged up with that thumb. Christian McCaffrey out for the Panthers. No, uh, Teddy Bridgewater banged up. Um, should be a real barn burner. Like we talked last week about the Redskins game. It, it came down to the wire, as you aptly predicted. Uh, Matt Prater saved the day. 
But, uh, you know, foreign, I mean, again, it's, I know it hasn't been official, but I mean, I guess there is hope for life, right? If they do end up expanding these playoffs. I mean, if you end up at five and five, you can sort of do anything. But this is the time when they should have been racking up wins anyway, uh, because those last four games are just going to be a, a buzzsaw for them to try to get through that, even at 500, and to, to scrape their way into the playoffs. They're going to have to win a game or two that they probably shouldn't. But, yeah, this this is a game you absolutely have to win if you're going to be in consideration. And if not, then you're, you're four and six, and you're not winning – five out of the last six or, or or something like that to try to squeak your way into the playoffs. You need to get 10 wins at least to feel like you're in a comfortable position. And with, with Bridgewater banged up, I watched a lot of their game last week against Tampa Bay, and they played pretty well in the first half. So, and then they absolutely got their doors blown off in the second half by you know um, Brady after that Saints debacle the week before. It, they were all clicking the run game. Uh, my man House won from like 96 yards or something like that. Ronald Jones... So it was uh, – they might catch the Panthers a little flat and a little downtrodden, so it, it might be an opportunity to really go in there and take care of business without McCaffrey. But if you have a functional and consistent offense or defense, yes, you can do that on paper. <laughs> we, we've just seen so much inconsistency from that where, yeah, it, sometimes you just need a couple of block punts to keep you in a game. I mean, who does that? But defensively, they – they need to get some pressure on the quarterback. Offensively, they need to be able to run the ball. They've shown signs at different parts of the season that they can do that. Can they just do enough to beat a team that's struggling and um, it, it is without their starting quarterback? It's, it's going to be weird to see. Sure. Good game tonight, though. Huge game tonight. Uh, Arizona and Seattle. Um, it's, I mean, Seattle's been struggling lately because, um, I mean, their defense can't cover us if you and I were wide receivers well. They couldn't cover, definitely couldn't cover you. I'm pretty sure maybe they could cover me, but um, <laughs> old fat dad that I am. But anyways, um, who do you like in that game tonight? I like Arizona. I, I think they've got everything clicking now, and it shows what you can infuse into a, a, a team that's fair to middling when you add a quarterback that brings that level of excitement and just gets your fan base excited. But more than that, can bring that dual threat ability and for as many people who wanted to uh, last year, you're seeing the success he's having in Miami. So now you, where do the Lions go? Where's that infusion? Where's that excitement? Where's that quarterback play? You, we've seen a couple of games where Matt Stafford has sort of willed them down the field to win games. He's going to have to do that a lot more. And, and certainly that starts um, against Carolina where, where these last few games he's got to do that. But I like Kyler Murray. I like what they did with DeAndre Hopkins um, to, to just set themselves up to be in a position to be relevant. How how pissed off do you think on a scale of one through like Inferno, um, Houston Texans fans were seeing? I mean that hail mary that that DeAndre Hopkins caught at the end of that game was maybe one of the best plays I've easily seen in the last five years. I don't know if I want to go ten, but I don't normally like to dog on my Irish brethren. But what a doofus Bill O'Brien was to trade that guy for for a running back. I mean, are you kidding me? For who? For what? I mean, wh- what are you doing? If, if yeah. you can, it's one thing if if that running game, if you had another receiver and you can augment that run that that the passing game with a running game, I can see where you're going with it. There wasn't a second receiver where you felt like, okay, we're not going to miss DeAndre Hopkins. And who says they're not going to miss DeAndre Hopkins anyway? I know it's, it's just, just it's weird. Bad take. It's all weird. Around. And, 
Right. And, and if your quarterback is your guy, you got to give him targets to be able to throw to. And you take one of the best ones in the league and say, eh, yeah, we can start running the ball. And, and our quarterback's going to be good with that. Nah, it, it completely backfired. And it just it, it serves Houston right from every sporting perspective that uh, from the Astros, from everything else, the Rockets, their whole situation is blowing up. Houston sports scene is getting exactly what it deserves right now. They might be the they might be the all around hated sports town. They might have taken that mantle from from New York or or, or, or my Boston, eh? Potential for that? Well well Boston's always in the running. Oh. Always in the running. No matter That was a low blow. That hurt. That hurt, Rod. <laughs> I thought that I thought there was love here, man. That's, wow. I don't even know what to no, say that's, anymore. It's, 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 it's just Boston, though. People people are going to hate Boston just like they're going to hate L.A. Uh, for as long as things are around. Fair. Fair and true. So um, this just broke before we went on the air. Um, the, the Michigan State game has been canceled because of Maryland head coach uh, Mike Loxley has COVID-19. So the Spartans will not be traveling to Maryland this weekend. Um, and then Michigan is at Rutgers. Who gives a damn? We'll all we'll all have something better to do at seven thirty on Saturday night, right? Can we just cancel that game because anyway? Because uh, <laughs> what's the worst thing that can happen if Rutgers beats Michigan and Michigan State? Then we should just cancel the rest of the season anyway. Yeah. No, yep. it, 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 I've I've said that that there's no reason that these guys should be playing anyway. It's not like they're getting paid and they're feeding their families or doing anything else. You said uh, it last this week. This is really there, just a money. There it is. Yep, it's a money, money grab. grab. Yeah. It's 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 just a ridiculous money grab. And, and if you're not testing these guys every day and you're not keeping the kids safe, and this really is about just making money, you're just being very upfront about it. And anybody who thinks anything different, that's hey, more power to you. But just know. The NCAA held on so long trying not to pay kids, trying not to, to make them comfortable or have enough to eat. Um, and, and now during a pandemic, it, they're not forcing kids to go out there, but it sort of sort of is. I mean, you're what are we promising you? What are we giving you? It, it's saying one thing to say kids are not in class, but you guys, you're perfectly safe on the field with people who just came from another state. Perfectly fine. That's all good. So, um, kind of to wrap this one up here a little bit, uh, if if the if the playoffs were this weekend, do you still like Clemson? Obviously, I think Notre Dame's going to expose itself as a fraud. They always do. If gun to your head right always. now, <laughs> gun to your head right now, um, who 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 wins the playoff if it's even played? For crying out loud, I don't think it gets played. I'm I'm going to go hot take that way and just say it doesn't even get played, or or they're going to have to enact some type of smaller bubble to keep these guys safe. But as a team, it's just the college football hasn't been fun to watch because you know there are very few fans in the stands and you know we're in the middle of a pandemic. I actually had fun watching the NBA playoffs and to some degree baseball too. But the, this college football thing just feels so dirty and so bad and just so, I just haven't had very much interest at all in it. That's a great point. I'm not a big college football guy, anyways. I like you said. I th- I feel like the the exploitation of the exploitation of the players, and and these young kids, too much pressure's put on them. I mean, that's why when you have like a you know when you're a powerhouse, you know you end up you know you one versus two, you play your guts out and you win a game, and then you play the little sisters of the poor next week, and then you lose. You know what I mean? Because it it just. They're, they just don't have the mental makeup trying to balance school and life and, and young adulthood. And, you know, it, and like you said, all the money that's made off those kids, you know, I, ever since I probably 
probably left college. I mean, I was at Oakland, so I'm obviously we don't have a football program. But yeah, college football's just never been my jam. But you know, obviously the playoff did spice it up a little bit. But what I'm with you, the NBA playoffs was great. The NHL playoffs was great. And, and like you said, baseball was pretty entertaining too. So um, before we let you go, I know this probably changes every week, uh, especially with the injuries and whatever. Um, if there is a Super Bowl this year, uh, who's, who, are your, who are your picks right now at, at 225 on, on Thursday, November the 19th? Uh, I, could, I could see Seattle and Kansas City. I could, I could sit down and, and, and settle in and watch that. That would be good, uh, good theater, or even Arizona. I, I like those teams and just – um, the the passing ability and a, and a nice up and down game. I'm good with that. All right, respect. And I, I last week I said the Saints, but now with Breeze injured, all of a sudden I'm 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 back to the Buccaneers again. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Brady Mahomes. We'll now, see. Last year, if if you had said the the Buccaneers, this league, man, this league, Crazy. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for being here, my friend. As always, you carried me through again. As always, I appreciate it. Thanks for that great that, uh, great NBA draft insight. We love having you on. You're a great friend of the show. So I appreciate it, my man. Go enjoy this weather. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. Rod Beard, ladies and gentlemen. You did the same. Appreciate it. All right. And that has been this first show. As usual, Rod, Rod carried me. So uh, thanks for being here. Brendan Sennett. Take care, guys.